Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Trip. Tony Trip Parks is a certified personal trainer, nutritionist, genetic-based program design, and strength and conditioning specialist. He's also an author, podcast host, and has over a decade of experience in the health and wellness industry. He's the former owner of the Protein Bar and a former cornerback for Professional Football League. Trip specializes in science-based fitness results with a particular focus on genetics. His expertise lies in designing customized programs based on an individual's genetic makeup to maximize results. Trip uses a combination of science, experience, and discipline to help his clients reach their fitness and wellness goals. So whether you're a seasoned athlete and a, or have never put, set foot in a gym, Trip has all of the skills and expertise to help you and your goals and stay wherever you want to be. Trip, it's awesome to have you on tonight. Thank you so much. I'm joy being here. I'm I'm so excited. Like as I mentioned before, we jumped on the, on here to just hear this perspective of genetics. I don't think I've ever had anyone on the podcast that's like really made that their specialty. I think we kind of like say, oh yeah, genetics are important, but don't really dive into it. I feel like it's super niche though. So could you dive into why and how you got here? Like, why do you help people in this very specific way? Yeah. So. Uh... I started going to the gym when I was 12. My uh, brother and I are 18 years apart. We had pretty much nothing in common besides that. And it just turned into a love. I started programming at 15, was our unofficial health chair in the fraternity when I was in college. And, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit to last year, my my mom had a stroke and it uh, turned to vascular dementia. So I had to move from Denver back home to North Carolina. And uh, it was rough. You know, she had trouble swallowing. She uh, had memory loss. She would soil herself. And I was, I had to come back home, take care of her, put on a regiment, make sure that she was losing weight to get her off the statins. And, uh, you know, where there's, where door closes are opportunity. So I took the time where my mom would be napping or she would be fixated on a coloring book or something like that. I would, I would start writing what would now become health profiling. I would take classes. I would just try to keep myself uh, mentally engaged as much as possible, or I, I would go crazy. Mm. Um, but doing all that, I, you know, getting certified in personal training during that time, nutrition, everything that you you listed off there. Uh, I told you, I went, I applied ever from the Czech Republic to California and Denver is the one that chose me back. Um, it's just kind of crazy that way, but such a synchronicity. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's so weird. like driving back in that day, like coming back, I was like, I'm back. Like I never thought I'd come back. That's wild. Um, but, uh, the, my now business partner hired me, he, he said, we worked at, a, uh, as a GM at a one-on-one -on -one personal training studio here in Denver. And, uh, we knew that there was stuff missing, you know, there was nutrition programs. They'd try to roll out. They weren't working. There was frustration with the clients because we were only attacking it from one perspective. So we decided to join forces and create what was now ascend performance training. And, uh, during that time, we were trying to come up with our niche, trying to come up with this way that we were going to help people differently. And, uh, you know, going through the book and talking to my, my business partner, Brett, we, we came up with health profiling, which is looking at it, look at it in an entire perspective. And at the nucleus of that is, is genetics, right? Like, mm. you know, uh, 
like I said before, if, a, if you go to a personal trainer for a, a wellness problem, they're going to write you a workout. You go to a dietitian, a diet, but no one's putting it all together and answering why. And uh, mm -hmm. genetics are that reason, I believe. Um, it's, it's proven science. Uh, the genetics have been around for quite a while now, and we're, we're seeing some amazing results with our clients, um, as well as removing frustrations. Mm. You know, so it's been a kind of a crazy experience of how, how we got here. Uh, it just kind of fell into our laps, really, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, that's what a journey. And I'm really sorry to hear about your mom as well, because that would have been a really challenging journey. Can you dive me into, can you catch me up today on like, during that moment of your life, why was it important for you to start studying health more seriously? Because I'm I'm just not putting two and two together there. So when I saw her in that hospital bed, the way she was, now she was she was a smoker. She did not eat right. I I, I begged her to quit the cigarettes. I she was, you know, she considered Stouffer's a meal. So she was mm -hmm. severely unhealthy. And I tried my best to get her healthy. And I was like, sitting there you know doing these tests and trying to educate myself a little bit because i wanted to understand more what was going on with her and understand how i could right. pre prevent that for someone else i was like this is this is this ruins your family yeah you, completely it, it, it like kind of cross cross trajectory my my career you, you no one should ever see your parents like that mm, you know 100%. So, so it was like a motivating tool for me to understand the process and understand you know maybe she was genetically predisposed for something and if she would have had a piece of paper saying that she had an 80% increased chance for a stroke, maybe I could have gotten her off the cigarettes. And and that's kind of where that came from. No, that makes total sense. Um, my mom actually only just quit cigarettes like two years ago, like when she was 49 or 51. I can't remember, but it's it's wild because I think there's a lot of things that we know are quote unquote bad for us, like smoking, excess alcohol, super sugary foods, but it's really, really hard to stop. Um, you alluded to though, that you thought that if there's more like genetic information out there, that may be more of a, mo a motivation. Why do you think that? It's a, a lot from the reaction of my clients and just the belief in the, in, in, in the science, right? right? I'll give you a great example. Uh, I got a back in February, I got a genetic test back and part of the gen my older genetic test had, had just a, a very generalized obesity report. Mm. Right. And she had the top, top rank for pro propensity for obesity. And she was overweight severely. Mm. And uh, she started crying. And I was like, well, what's going on? She's like, you know, everyone's told me to do this and this and that to get healthy. And I've told everybody I've been different my whole life. And this proves it. Wow. Right. It's like, we're all, we're, we're all uniquely beautiful. And our, our programming should be as such as well, you know? Mm. Yeah. What do you, what do you do with information like that? So if somebody is coming to you for health and fitness advice and they have that validation or that quote unquote excuse to be overweight or obese, how, like, how do you ensure somebody is healthy, even if they are overweight or obese? Like, can somebody still be healthy when they're overweight or obese? Like, I'm just really trying to put two and two together there again. So it really depends. Like, so genetics are just one tool in our tool belt, right? Yeah. So we're doing blood work as well, right? We're doing hormone panels, metabolics, lipids. We're doing everything too. And we want to make sure like your HDLs, your LDLs, we want to make sure your cholesterol, mm. your fats are good. And that way we can cross-reference it with your genetics and figure out exactly where you are. Right. right? I love that. Yeah. 
right? So we're, we're it's just, again, I, I think that's why genetics haven't worked in the past is because no one's putting it together with other qualified mm. Like, hey, let's let's do a biomechanical assessment, see how your body moves. If you've got a hyper, let's say you've got five different alleles or indicators that say that your Achilles and your ACL might might rupture. It's like, that's, this might happen here. So let, let you know, I see it in your, I see in the biomechanical assessment, you got some roughness in your knee. I see five predepositions here. It's like, this might be an accident waiting to happen. Right. Right. So th- we use, we use different measurements to make sure that we're hitting our, our goals. And I think that just genetics by themselves aren't, aren't the answer. That makes total sense because it frustrates me when people use genetics as a scapegoat or use right. genetics as an excuse. But if you are overweight, your all of your labs are good, you feel good within your body, you eat well most of the time, you move often, then I think there can be health at any size. But when you use genetics as an excuse, I think that's where it can get kind of dangerous because genetics is one thing, but having a lifestyle that supports your health, your health is important at any size or any genetics, in my opinion. Um, I think now is probably a good time to get into health profiling though, because you mentioned yeah. a few other things um, and I kind of just like jumped on the genetics. So can you explain to me what exactly health profiling is? Like what sort of stuff do you look into? So health profiling is more of just a perspective change for yeah. all, all of us to take, right? Like let's go ahead and take a step back Let's look at let's look at what health is for what it is. We're we're living in a health epidemic of epic proportions that no one seems to care about in America because mm. I don't think they can see. Right? You know, we had we I we grew up the food pyramid and and, and that fucker was upside down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> all the carbs, all of the simple sugars. <laughs> yeah. Don't and- worry, we had the same food pyramid in Australia. <laughs> so it's not just America. <laughs> It was upside down for us. So if that's validation for you, there you go. (laughs) Well, you know, and again, it's just the science wasn't there. I I think that, you know, there was corporations coming in and telling them, hey, you know, put Kellogg's at the top there. But I also don't think they had the science. Right. And, Mm. you know, even 20 years ago, we were were so heavily on calorie focus. And now we're we're more focused on macros. And, you know, it's like we're getting more and more defined and health profiling is a way for us to see it more clearly just from the average eye, not being a trainer, not being an athlete, you know, not being mm-hmm. a pro athlete and uh, just trying to inform people the the truths about health and wellness. Right. Like, hey, what, let's talk about sleep. You know, how, how does that impact what you're doing? What, how can we get on a better sleep cycle? Let's let's talk about habits. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you form a good habit? And all these things are quantitative and and tangible, intangible ways that we can get healthy and fit, just just cutting out all the BS, you know? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Why is sleep important? Well, uh, sleep, I can control everything from hormone imbalances, your energy levels, your alertness, uh, organ functions. Uh, there's there's some extreme studies out there. If you even lose like four hours of sleep during your normal sleep cycle during a week, you could have some serious repercussions. You know, your, your immune mm. system tanks when you're when you're exhausted. Yeah. And it's all really about balance, right? Like, how can I balance, right? Like, hey, listen, I got kids, you know, I I can get a solid six hours, but I, I need to plan that out. So putting on a regiment is really important, right? We we want to match up with circadian rhythm. And we, you know, again, that's just all stuff that we're not talking about. Like you said, just little bits and pieces, but we need, mm. we need to talk about it as a whole because it's a whole for us, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I must say I have a whoop and the whoop like tracks your sleep time variability. So your wake time variability and your um like when you go to sleep time variability. And it also tracks like things that impact your recovery. And the things that I- impact my recovery 
the most randomly having a period is really good for my recovery probably because I do less but um <laughs> it like gives me 11% better recovery I'm like how I always feel like shit anyways um the other thing that's really really high up there of course getting like 95% effective sleep but the wake time variability is really strong up there and also the sleep time variability. If I have a high variability, my recovery is really, really bad. So, um, of course, alcohol is the worst thing. And this is just data for my own body. But I found that, um, you know, that variability metric quite interesting. Did, did that change the way that you started doing things, knowing that data? Yes, it does change the way I'm doing things, especially with alcohol. So I do enjoy alcohol every now and again, but now I'd much prefer to stop earlier. And I always go home. Not that I'm a massive party animal, but you know, I don't have children and I do go out every now and again. Like I always want to leave by 11 PM (laughs) for that reason. Um, so that is probably something that's changed. Um, and what else has changed? Probably not much more because I've personally always been a good sleeper. The reason I asked you about sleep is because I'm personally very passionate about it. So it was a bit of a self-serving question. <laughs> well, you, you know, like things like cortisol levels can be shot up too. And that's just the, yes. the, that's the bad drug with that. We don't want any of that. You know, um, we, especially with all the blue light and stuff that we we go through every day, like th- these aren't real glasses. They're just blue blockers. Blue light ones. Love that. Yes. I need to wear mine more often and track <laughs> it on my whoop. <laughs> yeah see there you go keep that data going you know yeah uh, for sure but, but you know we're always being bombarded by announcements we're we're getting false information on social media about health and wellness the, the news is telling us one thing or the other and there's not a lot of places to go and that's why i hope you know I, I, health profiling i hope gets bigger and has more information in it as it goes along but that's why like you know things like sleep are so important and if you go to a personal trainer they're probably not going to talk about that yeah no definitely it, and it depends on what type of personal trainee you're getting as well. Like some are super thorough and, you know, especially the ones that have been on this podcast, they're incredible. But I think just your stock standard, like both you and I have been through CPT training. You don't learn any of this stuff. You don't learn about water quality. You don't learn about sleep that much. You learn the endocrine system on a real basic level, but this is, it's kind of easy to become a personal trainer. You know how to train someone's body, but everything else needs to be self-study. It's it's really regurgitated physical education class from high school. Yeah. For CPT, you know, and like you said, like the endocrine system, yeah, they, they touch on it, but they don't they don't teach you how to what its use is and, and how to mm. talk to someone about it. And I'm I'm hoping more people out there with you know CPTs, they, they get more than one certificate. Mm, definitely. You know, keep on learning, keep on learning because you know the science is the science is evolving with everything, you know, genetics, like we only know like three percent of the human genome. But it's enough of that genetics where I can make a huge impact on people's lives. Yeah, you know, for sure. that's the future. Qualitative sciences and, and and preventative health is the future of wellness. Absolutely, yeah, couldn't agree more. Something I want you to dive into more is yeah. you said false information on social media. Big pet peeve of mine. So I quite like posting on TikTok. Big pet peeve is me posting like general information, like oh, don't run if you have more cortisol or high stress job, or yeah. and then like really personalizing it and it's in my opinion it's kind of like this is still general information but then sometimes i see other people's content and it's super specific information for like a segment of the population and then people are kind of like i'm convinced i'm adhd now after looking at reels like <laughs> so i don't know when yeah. you said false information on social media that i'm just curious to hear your thoughts <laughs> well it's it's like 
I, I feel like people use it as a platform to uh, maybe not just spill information, but maybe an agenda too, right? And mm. and what I mean is the same reason why I left corporate wellness is because people are units and not numbers. A, a lot of social media is sales-based. Uh, the people that are putting like generalized good information out, I love that, you know, but for every good general piece of information, there's one or two bad ones that's telling somebody the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, Hey, do keto. It's like, well, like, is, does your blood work look good? Are you, you know, if, if your LDLs are bad, I'm not going to suggest you doing a keto diet. Like, yeah. It's like, I know there's scientific studies, but I don't know your genetics based off your blood work. And if I don't have that information then I, I can't help you out. I just don't think there's a one size fits all, uh, a shoe for fitness and wellness. And you see so much of that online nowadays. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel as though like what's most encapsulating on social media is like a really solid, like you need to know this hook. And the really good marketers are often the ones that um, that kind of get a lot of traction on social media and not all the information is right. But I also, I come from like, I come from quite a poor upbringing. So I know that most of the people I know growing up would not have the money to get individualized information. So how would you suggest folks that are maybe listening to this podcast to get free information and, and won't end up buying programs? How would you suggest they go about getting curious? So we, I have a podcast as well. It's called health or high water. We dive extremely deep into the genetics, injury, predepositions, how you're affected with sleep. I go, you go into all that. We also also have a blog as well. Citizenperformancetraining.com backslash blog. We uh, the the reason we've been so successful is because our value proposition is based off education. I love right? that. Right. It's like, hey, like, listen, we're going to give you all the information. If you want to work with us, that is awesome. But everything's free. You can check it out. We do free programs for people too, especially people that are, you know, not well off. It's like, hey, I've I've got templates all over the place. It's like, hey, it might not be individualized, but it's something to get you started. So if anyone ever did want a, a, a free program, they can more than happy email me at trip at uh, trip at gmail.com. But uh we we don't want to like withhold information for anything, you know, like, Hey, like, let's put it out there. And, and that's what seems to work with us too, is just starting these conversations and, uh, you know, the podcast, a blog, just running on LinkedIn, messaging people, Hey, would you have time for a conversation and just try to educate each other? Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. And I think that would be like my suggestion for anyone listening. I mean, you're already probably ahead by listening to a podcast rather than scrolling on reels. Um, but to be honest, is to do your research on the people that are providing the information because um, there's some really great creators out there that provide excellent information. And I think that's one of the markers for me is like, are they sharing long form content as well on YouTube, on a podcast, on, um, you know, a blog? And what's the quality of that? Does it link out to studies? And, and that's kind of how I verify the information I'm getting on social media because I don't think it's all bad, but sometimes I do think it's a little bit surface level. Uh, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say bad. I say it's distorted. Yeah. That's a good, right. that's a really good. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm uh, words are hard sometimes for me. I love it. I love it when I have guests that just bring the words that I wanted in my mouth. <laughs> Tell me more about the genetics testing though. You said that there was 3% of the genome that we have access to, but that's like, more than enough information. And you've also kind of referred to a few studies. So I'd love for you to dive into what you know and kind of the basis for your work. 
Yeah, sure. So we, I've used several different genetic testing companies down the road. And the one I'm using right now, we partnered up with a company called Gene Planet. Right. Have tons of different PhD certified geneticists on staff. Uh, we chose this company for, for pretty much three reasons. The, the first one is, is privacy policy security. Um, right. Companies like 23, uh, 23 and Me and Ancestry. Oh, don't tell me this. I've done it. They can own they own your they can own your genetic rights. Oh my goodness, uh, what does that mean? They could like make a kidney from your DNA if they wanted to, or what have you. So we wow. we make sure that we go out of the EU because you, they can't do that over there. Wow. Um, the second reason was they they have updated uh, genetic information on their uh, on their app that that all your tests come from, right? So if they if the Mayo Clinic comes out with a hey uh, FB five oh four five is directly correlated with thyroid disease you'll get updated immediately with that because it is, it's a progressive science. Right. Yeah. Right. And then um, <clears throat> third was just the quality of the test, because like you, like you said about, you know, qualitative research, like, Hey, what studies are being done? Mm. The reason you're finding misconceptions in different tests, like different testing companies is because of their quality of their research that are backing with it. And, mm. and gene planet uses peer reviewed studies that are person driven, right? Like some companies are using ones about rats and, 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 and lab rice lab rice mice and mm. uh, that's why you're getting you're getting uh fallacies in certain tests like one test will pop up this one test will pop pop up differently so right. that's that's where it kind of starts like we wanted to make sure that all of our clients are getting the top of the line and they're secured so it starts there with the quality of the test mm. right and with that test it comes into three different sections my lifestyle my wellness and my ancestry so right. with with my wellness, it comes into certain things like, hey, our genetic predepositions for, um, let's say diet, for example, we say, hey, your, your, your propensity for vitamin D metabolism is extremely low. I see that your blood work came back and it's not optimal. It's in the green. It's not optimal. But I'm also seeing on your skin and your, your, your skincare health here that you got a high propensity for melanoma and sunspots. So when we're getting the vitamin D that you need, we should not be getting it from the sun. But why don't we get it from vitamin D rich foods and supplements? Mm. Right. So we're able to, again, go back to that cross-referencing thing, our blood work with the genetics where we start with the genetic test, but we cross-reference back with it. Right. Wow. That's so super it, cool. So you're, you're getting the genetic test, but that vitamin D thing, would you get that from the blood work or do you get that from the genetic test? Because usually it's lab work that gives you that, right? Both. So okay. with the genetic test, it'd be your propensity to be able to metabolize vitamin D. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And then you cross-reference with the blood work. Right, right. So that way we're in real time. We're like, all right. So if the, I had a client that was taking vitamin D. She had a low metabolism for vitamin D. And she, her, this is this is straight from someone else it, or someone's test is like it wasn't optimal. But I didn't want her, you know, she was 88. So I didn't want her getting going out in the sun and getting vitamin D with, you know, A, her being high risk at being, being you know, older and, and B, having several alleles indicating that she could have sunspots and melanoma. So mm -hmm. we're able to target a lot easier about how to how to increase these quality of life without, you know, with reducing the risk of damage. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. 
You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal-Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal-Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. That's awesome. I love that. I definitely want to check out Gene Planet because it sounds like it did a lot more than 23andMe. I loved 23andMe, by the way. thought it was awesome, but I knew that it was like just your kind of taster of, of Gene stuff. Um, we actually, funny story, um, but I do have actual questions for you. Not funny story. My grandmother found out that it her dad wasn't her real dad through 23andMe. Really? So, yeah. So we're actually, um, this explains where the brown eyes come from and how I tan easily. Like, I think I'm like one fifth Spanish or, you know, whatever that is, 20% Spanish, which is why I went ahead and did mine. So I find that really interesting with the gene stuff. Um, so that's why we all went and did it. But I actually found all of, um, in 23andMe, I'm not sure how accurate it is. Like it said that like waking up at 8am was my ideal time. And I'm like, oh, you speak to me. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can totally find out if you're a night owl biased, if you're morning biased, if you're in between bias, um, you can figure out everything. It even goes into depths of like, let's talk about the wellness portion, right? Yeah. It's, I can figure out your um, immune system predepositions, malaria, COVID, your HIV probability. Um, yeah. Wow. Then we get into things like cardiovascular, what's, what's your AFib? What's, what's your percent for that? What's your stroke percentage? And as well as we get into, you know, uh, this is this is a hard one to talk about, but cancers. Mm. What's your percentage for prostate cancer? What's your percentage for basal scale skin cancer? Right, and you know, knowing all that, if we can figure out ahead of time, and that's that's why I really want to get into screening for youth sports. Mm. Imagine being able to test these kids and like catching something early. Yeah, you know, whether it be an injury predeposition, something to do with their heart, or even you know, God forbid, it being cancer. Yeah, you for know? sure. So again, just, you know, that's what kind of where health profile mixed with this genetics. It's like, Hey, like we want to, we want a better process for us to be healthy. Yeah. And you want to impact the next generation as well, because we should always be helping the next generation get better. I'll get to the youth sports shortly, but I'm just curious yeah. with the genetic testing and all the markers, are there any like your top three or things that you see time and time again, that people are needing to focus on or even in lab work? You know what? I'm, I'm finding a lot. And especially in women, um, it's a genetic allele called RS1267819. And it's a fat burning variant, wow. right? Um, so it makes your body like more thermogenic, like thermogenetic? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but if you don't have it, 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 you can technically break the second law of thermodynamics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So a, great, a great example here. I've had several, several ladies with this, you know, this uh, variant missing and a person missing this variant could do, let's say, six hours of a bike versus someone who does have it one hour and not have the same fat loss by any means. So, so it affects calorie burned. And fat loss, right? Yeah, everything. Yeah, and expenditure. Wow. Right. So it's like, all right, well, how am I, How do I go about, you know, helping this person lose fat? I mean, we're already we're already optimizing her diet. We're already optimizing her supplementation. We're you know making sure she's getting good sleep. But as a, as a workout, as as a personal trainer, what can I do? It's like, all right. 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that we're going to do some plyometric work, right? We're going to try to mimic that cardio like aspect while doing some kind of strength training. And we're going to do some circuit training, mm. right? We're, we're going to increase the reps. We're going to shorten the set time and try to, again, mimic the cardio, uh, cardio like aspect of it, but work in a strength, a strength, uh, a, a strength uh, position. So she can't, that she or he can burn that fat. But without mm. knowing that fat burning variants missing, you could just be sitting there working at a gym and be like, why, why am I not getting to where I want to be? Right. You know? So with this variant, why is high reps and, you know, plyometrics, so more power, more helpful than spending more time on a bike or steady state cardio? It's, it's because the car, if we're just talking about fat loss here, just from that perspective, mm-hmm that again, she could, this person hypothetically could do a bike for seven hours and not lose fat. So when we're, we're talking about, you know, all of our lives are so crazy. We, we have to really be effective with our workouts too, right? Like, Hey, mm-hmm. most of us have like 45 minutes to get our workout in. So it, as looking at that, it's like, Hey, like I'm not going to program much cardio into this. If fat loss is your goal, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to start with strength training plyometrics, and we're going to mimic that to make sure that your cardio is good to make sure your heart's good. But we're also going to lose that fat and try to build that lean mass and try to trick your body. And again, it's it's like us just figuring out how to work around these these predepositions, right? Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you're just like, how can I get the most bang for my buck in this 45 minutes, knowing also everything I know about her health? I have one more question. And yeah. it's in terms of what you were saying sounds really balanced. If you were to think of like a balanced approach to fitness like a framework if you will um movement specifically you know some people like yoga some people like running some people like the gym what things do people need to make sure they incorporate in their movement to ensure that it's balanced i i think um health is a lot like wealth and what i mean is you know when we diversify our health our wealth portfolios we're not putting all of our money in one basket Mm. Right. So we want to look at, you know, health as well. So we look at our health profiles or portfolios, whatever you want to put it is we should be diversifying it as, as, you know, much as possible, you know, with, with movement. Hey, like if you're, if you're a gym hog going five days a week, I'm, I'm going to be like, Hey, let's, let's take one of those days off and do some yoga. Let's take uh maybe one of those days off and do some, uh, you know, intramural flag football or something like that. It, you're right. It, it really is just about balance. Mm. You know, everything is about balance, getting, you know, balanced sleep, you know, balanced work and play, you know, balancing, you know, your recovery with your workouts. Mm. And, and that's that's why, you know, these genetics are so important because it's it's the fulcrum, right? It's the fulcrum to make sure we can balance everything. For sure. No, definitely. I'm really big on like finding movement that challenges you cardiovascularly, resistance, mobility, and then agility. And agility can also be plyometrics. Like you yeah. could get all of this done in the gym, but if I was to give someone a framework and it's like, okay, so you're doing power vinyasa in yoga, but like, are you really getting into that anaerobic heart rate zone? Right. Are you really doing some, some agility work? And I'm a yoga teacher. So I love yoga as well. Like I'm, I'm educated in yoga and in, um, in fitness. And I think the same with running, like if you only run and there's no hybrid training approach, you know, after a while, like, yes, it's going to challenge your muscles to begin with, but then after a while, like, are you really like, challenging your mobility and challenging your strength and i i just think balance is so important i, I couldn't agree more and you, you you what i try to do really is like go, go back to the days before gyms you know mm. like you know talk about cave people days you know you know straight up like paleo diets of just they they picked they ate and you know 
what were they doing athletically? You know, yeah. they, they were not high endurance sprinters. They would shoot an arrow and then they would jog, you know, yeah. a few feet and, and then get, get their food. They were, unless they're running away from a lion or something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? but you know, they were picking up their kids. They're carrying their kids around. There was resistance training there. They were swimming, mm. right? So all these different aspects. And that's why, you know, I, I agree with this balancing and diversifying our, our, our health portfolio because our ancestors were doing different things. Like you said, agility, resistance, there's all these factors that make us human. And I, I think just doing one thing is ignoring who we are. Exactly. And something else I think we forget is that we rested a lot more than what we do now. And we were in our parasympathetic nervous system. So I rest and digest so much more than what we are now as well. And we kind of like, you know, my big thing or catchphrase for both the goal getting journal I sell and this podcast is get your goals without burning out. And we're just so burnt out because we're always thinking about the next thing we have to do, 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 but we never let ourselves like be a human being like, and just be. <laughs> right. And it's like that, that small decision fatigue at the end of the day too, right? And, right. Yes. And, under, like, and understanding, like, that's why regiment for us is so important. And like in, mm. in the health profiling book and the comprehensive bonus profile we do with the genetic test, it's like, what's the most practical thing here in getting people on a regiment? Mm. Right. That, that's how you create good habits. That's how you create discipline. And that's how all these things start to fit together and work. Mm. Right. We're going to dive into regimen later about yeah. like all of that sort of stuff. But I don't want to forget about um, the youth sports um, and the work. I think it's really awesome that you're wanting to make the next generation even better. So tell me more about your passion there and what you're hoping to achieve or are already achieving. So uh, the, the biggest thing is is the loss of community and ethics that we we are seeing right now in these sports. Mm. Some people don't even have a football program. Some people don't have cheerleading. Some, some schools are, are just lacking in arts and, and music and, and all over the place. And, and I, I believe that people, us, us people need to stand up because there's not a lot of places that kids can go ethically and communally to learn how to be a better person, learn how to, Hey, I want, I need to learn how to push myself. Right. I want to be, I need to learn how to be a teammate. Uh, I need to learn how to be a better sibling. I need to learn how to be a better son, a daughter, right? And I know us losing that's gonna it's gonna really negatively affect us. And I think it already has. Mm. COVID was already bad enough for kids, and then them coming out of school to find that their programs have been slashed. That's wild. Why are they being slashed, and what are they being like? I've not heard about this. I don't know art, sports. That just seems like. And I went to like a public school. Like there, it was not fancy. It was a sports school, but yeah, what are they replacing it with and why are they slashing it? I don't think they're replacing with anything. They're just not really? having Yeah. Uh, is a, it funding? I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's funding. Um I had a guy on my podcast, Lance uh uh Venaria, and he's a, a head school or a high school head football coach here in Denver. And uh just the quality of time these kids get in sports is just not there you know, and their, their love for the sport's not there anymore. And, you know, you, you also, you also add parents, you know, harping down on kids, you add, you know, a high rate of uh, youth injuries. Right. And it's, it's just, it culminates to, you know, kids not wanting to do anymore. And, yeah. I, you know, again, they get burnt out from the parents programs are getting burnt out. You know, parents can't afford after school programs or the school doesn't have it. So participation just plummets. Mm. How much onus do you think is on the parents versus the schools? I don't know. Um, you can I, share your opinion. <laughs> well, I feel like this isn't an answer backed in data. <laughs> this is not. This is not backed in any sort of data whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I do see a lot of parents taking it too far. 
right you know, way too far i think that they're trying to live their dream through their child and it's sad mm. um, it should be about the children first what's best for them yeah. right what's best for them and uh these this you know this new genetic screening process gives us an opportunity to give them a better a better chance at not only uh picking the right sport for them you know like maybe their endurance predeposition is is bad maybe you know, swimming's not good for them or it might mm. not be best for them you know maybe they got a high predeposition for acl rupture you know maybe we we if before he tries out or he or she tries out for football we do some pliability work we do some flexibility work you get you on recovery and like i think i know that knowing the this this qualitative information going in you know especially when you're adding the cancer cardiovascular risk stuff is going to give a higher quality to the children mm-hmm. as well as hopefully hopefully create a better a better community of people wanting of kids wanting to participate like hey like they're actually caring about us right you know they so that that's where i, I kind of see it and how i want to you know positively affect this this crisis that we got going on yeah for sure as a child who grew up in technically under the what the us calls poverty line i just think it's so unfair that families with money can get access to this and i think people don't realize how how much like money really can change things like whether it being like getting a really good tennis coach access to genetic information just osmosis from your parents watching them make financial decisions or not seeing a parent stress out of rent out about about having to pay their rent on time and stuff like this and I don't know I would love to see a world where genetics testing was like subsidized through like health insurance and stuff like that because I feel as though everyone should have access to this for their children to make better decisions. I, I couldn't agree more. And we're we're actively trying to take those steps right now. I and, love that. Tell and, me more. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, I was I was listening to a podcast one day and uh, this is kind of at, we we had me and my my uh, my business partner. We put all this together. We're all excited. It's like, well, what's what's next here? It's like, well, cost is going to be a huge factor. It's like not everyone's going to be able to afford this. Mm. What do we do? It's like, well, let's make someone else pay for it. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how do we get how do we get health insurance to pay for it? And hopefully the health insurance plans are good enough to pay for it. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing is, we already have a structure for this based off of some some EU models. And um, I'm not sure if they've applied this yet, but they're doing something called a, a health score, which is very similar to a credit score, right? Mm. Based off of your your health. And what it's going to do is going to give insurance companies and people more of an advantage about picking their their packages. Right. right? So a premium for someone, let's say, that does blood work and they can prove they go to the gym four times a week, they eat at healthy places and can prove it, is going to is going to end up paying a, a lower premium. That's awesome. And someone who right and it's not as again it's not adapted to America yet, but we we started to think it's like, all right, well, how can we start doing this now? So we're reaching out to companies and we're. We're, we're, we're willing to talk to their insurance providers like, hey, listen, if we do, you know, all our genetic tests for this company, we we come up with programs, would you lower the premiums? And I don't see why not. Mm. You know, like they're going to end up paying less. Like, well, yeah, we're getting qualitative information. And we're, we're of course, we're going to charge less, for, you know, for, unless like their our entire staff is like completely unhealthy. Yeah. But, you know, it just it, I, I, I want to use this as a way to give a leg up for us too. you know, down the road. I, I don't see why insurance companies wouldn't buy into this it makes way too much sense yes and, um, it, it would stop punishing the healthy people for their high insurance claims 100 percent. i'm very cynical about this here's my cynical opinion 
I think there's not enough on preventative medicine yet in like health insurance plans and stuff like that, because this is a very cynical opinion, because if we're well, there's no nothing to sell to us. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. It's it's still it's still a profit driven driven company, you know. Exactly, like, yeah. But you know, I mean, that's very cynical of me, and I should probably more focus on, you know, what we can do. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you, but you're you're saying the point of why it's bad. It's just it's this almost medieval type of thinking, which which makes sense. It's rational. You get sick, we heal you. Great. Yeah. That's awesome, and that's that's worked for us for a long time. But now we have the science, technology, and, and I'm I'm hoping you know through podcasts, the book, blogs that through 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 that some rational thinking will start, and we can start we can applying things. things. Right. It's like, hey, if I go to the gym three times a week, I start eating healthy, and I I start I try to get a, to go to bed at a at a decent time. You don't think your life's going to change? Get mm. drastically better. And on so many markers, like. Right. If I miss um miss a week of training, let's say I go on vacation, which I did recently, went to Mexico, um, went on vacation, drank a ton of alcohol, ate moderately well, ate pretty well while I was there. But my resting heart rate, my heart rate variability, and even like the amount of calories that I expended all were negatively impacted. Um, my resting heart rate shot up, my heart rate variability went down. And that's just like a week without training, get straight back into training again my like regular health markers are incredible it's it's wild what eating well most of the time sleeping well sleep and sleeping regularly and moving often will do for your body 
regardless of what you look like. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then you start adding the mental things like, Hey, like, why don't you just listen to a podcast for 10 minutes on the way down, Right. do do an audio book and like, Hey, now now we're getting past the physical because even with the genetic test, we can see your, your propensity for fear and anxiety, your optimism levels, depression. And like, and if we see that through family history, through your history, through environment or epigenetics, Mm. And we can provide a, a better plan for someone up front. I mean, think about kids going into like D1 football for from high school to, to college, mm. right? Knowing this information ahead of time, it's like, hey, this this kid's going to be under a lot of pressure. He's got fear. He's got fear and anxiety as a hybrid deposition. He's got his optimism is low and his depression is high and he's coming from a poor background. Yeah. Like, what can we do all around? Not just, you know, make sure he's working out, make sure he's eating right. But what can we help to do mentally to make sure that this kid succeeds? Yeah, that makes total sense because then like within the regimen, you can you can schedule or prescribe meditation, gratitude journaling and and stuff like that for a more holistic program. That's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's again, like it's it's all about learning actually holistically how we're made up and how we should be moving and grooving, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. Let's chat regimen because I feel as yeah. though like people would like to do the meditation, people would like to go to gym, but it's really hard to prioritize it within your day. So how do you help people prioritize these things that we quote unquote should be doing? Uh, the first thing is is planning an organization, right? Yeah. And the thing is like, hey, wh- every time I got a client and they say they can't fit something in, I'm like, that's fine. Like, what? what well, we go ahead and we're going to write down your entire day. Right. And it's a great exercise, you know, do it for one, one to three days to your day and write down everything you do from waking up to go to sleep. Like, Hey, this is when I woke up and how you're feeling like, Hey, I was feeling like crap and mm. exactly what you ate, exactly. You know what you were doing, you know, and then I go through it with them. It's like, well, why don't we put your protein shake in the, in, uh, in the car? We'll bake it the night before mm. and start showing people the way, because what, what happens is people are so comfortable with their, with their regiment. They already, they're already having anything, any change to it is scary. Mm. it seems insurmountable. It's like, I'll never be able to do that. And it's until you put it down and start seeing the places that you're faulting. Can you make those changes? Yeah. Scrolled on the couch for two hours. (laughs) Just building that awareness. (laughs) I was on TikTok for four hours before I went to bed. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Like, yeah, everyone's going to have some time here or there. It's it's going to be hard. Don't get me wrong, but actually writing it out and, and coming up with a plan. It's like, all right, well, if, I, if let's say you don't have someone, so you can't afford someone to work with. It's like, if, if you want this, if you want to change your life, write this down and make those decisions. Like, Hey, you know, I, I, I take the kids from school to work here um, or school to their aftercare program. This is when I can get my gym time in. It might only be 30 minutes, but I, I, I can make a little, a little sandwich in the car too. So I have some, some good food or what have you and start making these little, these little decisions because these little decisions are investments mm. that you start changing compound after a while and turn into lifestyle changes. A hundred percent. No. And it's so funny because I actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I sell a goal getting journal. Actually, you probably heard it from the previous podcast you've listened to. And that's one of the parts of it. It's planning out every hour of the day. There's two ways you can do it. You can plan out every hour of the day and then highlight what you didn't do, or you can do the other thing. And I actually um, recommend observation in any area of life. Like ver- some people are very against like calorie counting and my fitness pal. I'm not because I'm like, don't change anything and just write down exactly what you did, exactly what you did without judgment. And you'll see like, there's nothing like that personal accountability of writing it down or logging it 
And then you're like, oh, geez, yeah, I did have three beers and that came up to 600 calories. Do I want that there or do I want to save it for another time? You know? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, 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 you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. Mm, yeah. Like, I could tell someone all day you're eating unhealthy or whatnot, but they, like you said, it's self-acceptance. They have to accept that fact of themselves that they are unhealthy. Mm. And with, without qualitative research, like you said, observing and writing things down, uh, without blood work, without, you know, your BMI, without all these other things that you're, people are going to have a hard time doing that. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious about your thoughts on BMI. I, I guess I don't know your clientele. I've had some <laughs> some guests that are very anti-BMI, some guests that are very pro-BMI. I'm in the it depends category. I'm curious about your thoughts because you mentioned it. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, for, for me, it's just, it's uh, it's one part of the puzzle. Yeah. Right. Like if your BMI is 44% or something like that crazy, it's like, all right, well, we obviously got a problem. I, I see your body composition, your your fat's up, your, your, your is down. It's just, again, just like genetics, it's just one portion of it. Mm. Uh, for for me, like, you know, getting into, you know, part of the portion of BMI, like I try to stay away from weight as much as possible, the number weight, mm. because yeah. it's not a qualitative, it's not a, it's not a solid qualitative approach to health. Mm. Right? You, you talk genetically, someone who's 200 pounds and five, two versus someone who's six, like six foot and 200 pounds, they're going to be drastically different for body composition. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, so we have that weight can't be the only factor we use for measurement. And that's why, you know, BMI is great. It's a, it's a tool, but it, yeah. I want to see your blood work. You know, like I want to see, I want to see your genetics. I want to see your biomechanical assessment. I want to see your family history. Mm. I want to see your history. And then, and then I can come up with a, a better idea of like how to approach things. You know, it's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's like, it's like, you know, uh, you know, a lot of personal trainers and I'm not trying to shit on all of them. Right. But you know, we'll just, just take your generic personal trainers. If uh, they just, if they don't have this information, they can't help help that way. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's my pet peeve. I'm like very balanced. So it's my pet peeve when there's BMI doesn't work at all. It it doesn't work. But it's when you're obviously overweight, it does work. But if you're obviously extremely fit, it does not work. So for me, that's why it's so in the middle. But then if you're obviously looking extremely fit, that doesn't mean your labs check out and stuff like that. If you look really, really fit, but you're still tired every day, there's something going on. <laughs> it happens more than not too. It's like, Hey, like I work out, I, I eat well. And then you, you break down how they're working out. They're working out like three hours a day. They're, they're eating sporadically. They're, they're only getting like 1200 calories. And you're like, well, that's your problem. You know, it's like you, 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 you don't have that accountability. It's like, Hey, like it's, it's almost like taking, taking, um, what is it? Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And twelve hundred calories if you're training for two to three hours isn't going to be enough. Like, no. I'd be tired. <laughs> no, not no, not at all. And, and and yeah, going on that too. It's like, is calories enough? If you have that fat burning variant, and uh, you know your calories in, calories out's not quite the same as somebody else. Is that a good qualitative approach to the way we look at it? You know, mm. it's like it's just like, hey, can we start talking about the other factors that go into health? percent. Know? There's always nuance. Yeah, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. I've personally like learned quite a bit about genetics. You provided me with more perspective, um, which you. I'll definitely be diving into. I like to end podcasts with, um, you know, create your own question. 
what have we not spoken about that you feel as though the audience needs to rehear or either rehear like something we already have talked about or something we haven't talked about that you want to share? Uh, I th- I think that it's time for us to start having a responsibility to take care of ourselves. Mm. Um, and that's, that's from a, a place of love talking to people, because if you can't take care of yourself, if something does happen to a loved one, um, you'd be screwed. Uh, you know, la- a quick, quick story last year, uh, I was in the hospital after taking care of my mom because I put so much time into taking care of her. I couldn't take care of myself mm. and, you know, put that, that forward, whether that's selfishly, you're not, you know, you're sitting on the couch, not, not wanting to work out or you're overdoing it because you think that's the right thing. It's about perspective and and, and being responsible. Uh, we owe that to ourselves, to our family and our community. Uh, we have, you know, kind of lost, uh, lost vision and how powerful ethics and community can be in our, in, in our, in, in our environment. And, uh, I'm hoping to, you know, people wake up a little bit. We start, you know, providing more communal base for, you know, the sports. We provide more, uh, more help for the the, the poverty stricken, uh, you know, just help everyday people and all the way up to athletes. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just hope that we wake up for that responsibility. What do you think the impact is of us not being as community driven as we used to be? No community, no communication. Right. Mm. And I, th- I think that's the key word there is um, we're spending more time fighting over the Internet than than trying to learn each other's differences and learning where someone's coming from perspectively. It's it's really it's really we just have a huge perspective problem. Right. Because yeah. we can't walk in somebody else's shoes. We uh, we decide to hate instead of understand. We uh, decide to make up our own opinions instead of educating ourselves. Um, it's just a perspective uh, perspective issue that I hope that we can come together as, as, as a community and fix. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We could have a whole other conversation on this because you really <laughs> hit the, you really struck, struck a chord with me there. Just is it like, to me, it boils down to a lack of empathy. Um, we're just so, we just want to, and it's not all of us. Cause I meet so many people day to day. I think people are kind, kind of one-on-one at the surface level, right. but in groups, not so much. And we're just so quick and especially behind the keyboard to insert our opinion. Um, we're waiting for the next time to speak rather than like trying to truly understand the other person on the other end. Like, especially if it's a really horrendous action, action, like this person is being like outright rude or something. Right. Like, why are they being rude? Has somebody just died in their life? Like, I don't think anyone wakes up and says, I'm going to make everyone else have a really shit day. I'm just going to be such a bitch to everyone. Most people are pretty good and don't set out with that intention. I, I agree. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also the environment that we live in, you know, mm. we're, we're not, we're not taught patients. Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. We, we put up a post on social media, we get instant gratification. We yeah. send, send a text message, instant gratification. It's, it's, we're, we're losing discipline and respect in, in, in communities. And that's, that, that's where it starts. You know, we, we're not learning like we should be more hands-on from our, our parents. We're not learning from our neighbors as much anymore. And we forget that like back when we had villages, we, we depended on our neighbor. Yeah. You know, we, we depended on, it's like, Hey, like my family just died. Like everyone, I'm the only one left. It's like, they would take you in, mm. you know, you don't see that anymore. It's like, Hey, some kids go into child protective services or, you know, or the, the kids left on the streets. It's just like, where, like you said, where's the empathy? Yeah. And where do we even start to solve that as well? And 
I honestly believe it's what you said earlier. It's that relationship with ourselves, because as you said, like people have no patience. I just thought I have no patience with myself. I want everything yesterday. And it's not that I'm impatient with others. I, I Sometimes I probably am, but if you can't be patient with yourself, how can you be patient towards others? So I really think like a lot of those a actions we kind of do externally is more of a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. I 100% agree. Change starts with self, mm. right? It starts with self. If you, if you, if someone really wants to make change, they need to live it. You know, yeah. hypocrisy is a killer of dreams, you know, <laughs> right? Right. So there, true. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing more deflating than seeing like, you know, some anti-smoking guy, you know, on the back of a trailer lighting up, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's deflating. So we want to make sure that like, we're, we're just, you know, trying to live better for our neighbor, trying to live better for our family, trying to live better for our our, our loved ones. And, you know, it's, it starts with self. Yeah. And, you know, you're not wrong. Trip, I've loved this conversation. Um, yeah, you've we've just spoken on so many different topics, really love your mind, really love the way you work as well. Like you're just like, okay, here's a quantitative, how can I add the qualitative aspects to things with with different types of reports and, and stuff like that. I think it's really amazing what you're doing. And I'm sure many others would love your approach. So how can we get in touch with you, listen to your podcast, learn about your services? Well, if, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an amazing talk. Um, hopefully I'll have you on my podcast one day here soon too. Yay. But yeah, it's uh, the podcast is called Health or High Water. It's on uh, any, any, uh, uh my god i'm I'm so tired uh, any podcasting platform, any platform. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's all right we can finish each other's sentences now <laughs> well, thank you so much you saved my butt um yeah uh we also also have the blog on ascendperformancetraining.com you could find a little more information about our processes um and how we work i also have health profiling um uh, that books on kindle and amazon there is a digital copy for a digital copy for 9.99 and a hard copy for uh 20. um then uh, you could also see us in Denver, too, if you guys want to come down face to face. We're uh, at 1472 Jersey Street, Denver, 80220. Um, you could also reach out me at, to at tripascendpt at gmail.com if you guys have any questions. Um, anyone out there that is uh, financially struggling, I'd love to send you guys a free program. Um, you know, anything I can do to help. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. <laughs> Awesome. No, we'll definitely pop that all in the show notes so people can get in touch Thanks. with you. And yeah, no, really appreciate you sharing your information today and joining us on the Holistic Fitness Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. No worries. And for everyone listening at home, whether you're in the car, clean in the home, whatever you're up to, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. <laughs>